0: It is great to have you here this morning. I hope you sense God's presence in the room. Do you sense that? I do. I do. If you don't sense it yet, you got to turn your Holy Spirit sensor to on. All right, get ready. I'm really excited as we continue this series of James. I wanted to touch on one thing. Last week, we brought our Kingdom Builders Pledge cards forward, and many people brought those forward saying, I'm going to start serving, I'm going to start tithing, I'm going to give to Kingdom Builders. Many people participated, and I'm excited to share those results with you uh, in a couple weeks. I wanted to give first some of you who weren't here a chance to turn those in. So if you weren't here and you want to turn in a Kingdom Builders Pledge card, you'll find it in the seat back pocket in front of you. So sometime during the service, You can look at it, you can fill it out, and at the end of service, when those offering buckets go around, feel free to just drop it in there as a way of saying, I'm gonna participate. This is my pledge by faith. I wanna help build the kingdom of God. So, so many people in our church have been so generous. I'm so proud of our church, and I'm excited for what's before us. Aren't you? Amen. Amen. Let's start this day of talking about James. Uh, This has been a great series. This book of James is a book of practical wisdom for us, and we call James Grandpa Jim because we're close like that. Um, The disciple John is another grandfather type of figure in the Bible. And he reminds us, he speaks to us like his grandchildren. He calls us beloved and little children. And he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. That was his title for himself. He says, I, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. And he reminds us that God loves you. And he reminds us that you should love one another. So Grandpa J- uh, John, I want you to think of Grandpa John is like your loving, sweet grandpa who reminds you how much he loves you and encourages you encourages you. But then, you know, like in real life, you have more than one grandpa. Grandpa James is like your surly tells it like it is grandpa. So he loves you too, but he kind of loves you with like, you know, like a smack upside the head, a wink, and he gives you like a side hug, you know, like I'm going to help you by giving you practical truth. So Grandpa Jim, I love him. He's very practical. And a big theme of chapter one, the book of James, is that we need to receive God's word. We need to receive God's word. So here's James chapter one, verse 19. You can turn to James chapter one in your Bible and follow along. It says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So that's like saying, listen up. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, I just want to give you the quick disclosure before I go forward as a pastor I am not gonna preach this message from a position of the moral high ground uh, because anyone who knew me as a young person knew that I was uh, slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to get angry. Okay, so I'm right there with you as we study this passage, and I'm going, oh yeah, I needed to hear that. Okay, so the title of this message is Talk Less and Listen More talk less and listen more. Or if you're still really rough around the edges and you like to tell it like it is, the title for you could be shut up and listen. Okay. This passage is primarily teaching us how to respond to God's word. We want to receive the word of God. And that's the choice that we all have as human beings to receive or reject the word of God. This book was written primarily to Jewish Christians, so understand that they knew how important it was to receive the Word of God. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, you were saved by faith in God, but you stayed saved by obeying His Word. Now, we know in the New Covenant, we're saved by grace through faith alone, but Grandpa James is reminding us how important it is to obey the Word of God, and he was speaking to a Jewish Christian audience that understood that same thing. He was saying basically, like Jesus said— If you say you love me, then obey me and obey the word, receive the word. You show your faith by obedience. So we're going to talk about receiving the word of God, but then also secondarily, the principles in this book will help you relationally and practically as you interact with other people It'll help you avoid problems. Jewish Christians in this early time, they had become quarrelsome and argumentative and they were taking their newfound faith and they were bashing other people over the head with it. Sounds familiar. Sounds just like today when we have Christians who are argumentative and quarrelsome, only they have the internet. So it's about 100 times worse. So Grandpa James reminds us we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. We don't want to be angry Christians. We don't want to be the type of Christians that are always going around looking to quarrel and spout off with what we think and the world doesn't need that. You know, We don't want to be the type of Christians that are always going off about, well, I, I don't like those guys and I don't like that group and that denomination is crazy and I don't like that pastor and they're always against and they're always arguing and they're mean and they're bitter and it's like, who are you? Do you know the love of Jesus? If you do, remember it let it let it show from your life let it show in how you speak let it show in how you type (laughs) so this warning is don't become a know-it-all quarrelsome judgmental christian so grandpa jim if you're taking notes here's what he says he says listen first and fervently listen first and fervently remember he said everyone should be quick to listen Everyone knows that listening is necessary in order to have a healthy relationship. You listen to the people whom you love. Like, if you love God, you're going to listen to him. If you love your spouse, you're going to listen to her. Amen, guys? You're going to listen to her especially. You want to, if you feel like your relationship is not going as smoothly as it could, you might want to work on, on listening, right? The secret to being a good conversationalist is knowing how to listen. The key, the secret weapon to being a good conversationalist is asking other people questions and then listening to them. If you do that, people will come away from conversations with you like, man, I like that guy. I love talking to him. Why? Because you made that person feel important and valued. If you become a good listener, you'll be liked. Your relationships will thrive. And other people, the Bible says, will think you're wise. That's how good that is. Notice that God gave you two ears, which you cannot close, and one mouth, which should be closed more often than it's open. If you walk around with your mouth open, you're going to catch some bugs up in there, right? And people will think that you're not intelligent. We want to be quick to listen. Being quick to listen means we're ready to receive first God's word, that we're receptive to the truth, that we are ready for instruction. We want to be taught. We want to be quick to listen. We want to know how to be uh, Christ-like. So we're open to even correction. Uh, That's being quick to listen. When you have a problem, when you need counsel, when you're facing a new situation and you don't know what to do, who to turn to, how to approach that problem, Grandpa James says, be quick to listen to God's word, And that means also be quick to listen to your spiritual leaders, to your parents if they're godly, to your pastors. Listen to one another, your brothers and sisters in faith if they come to you. Let me ask you, are you a teachable person? Are you a teachable person? Some of you would say, yes, I am teachable. And I would agree with you 100%. Some of you are so teachable. That's why we have seen this. I have seen this with my own eyes where someone will come to faith in Jesus Christ They'll become a Christian, and two months later, they'll be more Christ-like than someone who's been a Christian for two decades, because they're quick to listen. So their response is like, well, if it says it in the Bible, then I'm going to do it. They say, well, the Bible says to serve, I'm going to serve. The Bible says to forgive, I'm going to forgive. The Bible says I should should be generous, so I'm going to start tithing. The Bible says, so I'm going to do it. If you're quick to listen like that, you will speed up your spiritual maturation process so dramatically you won't even know what to do with yourself. I I had a friend named Jacob, and he was not serving God as a young adult, he found out that his ex-girlfriend had gotten pregnant with his child. So they moved in together, they started raising this child together, and then some time went by, and him and his wife, uh, they both got saved radically, and they both said, I'm giving my life to Jesus, And, and they were dramatically changed from the inside out. And my friend Jacob, because he was convicted over some of the choices he had made by the Holy Spirit, he said, well, wait, we're not married but we're living together and raising kids. And so he 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 knows oh so he, know, he knows and he heard the Bible says that you know sex is for marriage. So what did he do? He said, "We're going to get married and until we get married, I'm going to go sleep on the couch." Did you know that such things were actually possible? <laughs> so he does that. He goes and he sleeps on the couch until they get married. And God started to bless their marriage in such powerful ways. And it wasn't just because of that one choice, but that one choice reflected an attitude of being quick to listen and obey the word of God. And today, Jacob and his wife Teresa are a couple, their family one of the missionaries we support through Kingdom Builders and they're in Africa preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, surprise ending. Great ending to that story. Some Christians, though, they are spiritually stubborn as a mule. God has to beat them over the head until they'll listen. You know anybody like that? You say, I'm stubborn. I'm stu- Some of you would say, just you'd freely admit, I'm stubborn. And, and it's one thing to be stubborn. It's, it's, it's not good, though, to be spiritually stubborn and not listen to God. You don't wanna be spiritually stubborn. You don't wanna be the person that God has to just kind of beat you over the head to get your attention. You don't wanna be the type of person who has to hear a sermon on the same topic 10 times before you're like, okay, I get it now, right? You wanna be quick to listen. Listen fervently. Listen with eagerness. Like if you had a rich uncle who passed away and he was going to leave you an inheritance in his will, you would go to the reading of that will and you would listen with eagerness, right? You would listen fervently. You wouldn't be there on your phone like, yeah, okay, I'm sending some text messages. I'm posting some stuff on Instagram. No, you'd be like, I want to hear what's up because I stand to inherit a great fortune. I want to be blessed. And in the same way, we should listen fervently and eagerly to the word of God. God's word, it contains truth, which will bless you. It will bless you greatly. Be quick to listen. Psalm 119 is about right smack dab in the middle of the Bible. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. And this chapter, the longest chapter in the Bible, in the middle of the Bible, is all about how awesome the Bible is. I don't think that's a coincidence. It says in Psalm 119, verse 72, Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. And then in verse 131, it says this, I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. That is the attitude of someone who is listening first and fervently, someone who is quick to listen and longing for God's word, his commands, his instructions. Here's something that people ask sometimes. They'll ask, how do I know I'm saved? How do I know I'm a Christian? How do I know that I'm saved? And here is a little litmus test for you personally. Do you long for, love, and receive the word of God? Or do you despise and reject it? Because when you become a new creation, you start to love what God says and you love his word. So if you've heard teaching and you've read the Bible and you've gone, oh man, this is so good. I love this. I needed this. Then it's a good sign that you're like definitely saved. Or if you've heard teaching and and you've heard, you know, maybe you've read the Bible and you've said, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing that. That's, that's crazy. Um, Then you might not be saved. I, I can't judge, but I'm just giving you a little bit of a litmus test. You might be wondering, like, is there anything in between receive and reject? It's called being lukewarm. So yes, and and God said, if you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth, which is kind of harsh, but it's also a good warning because he said, I will, which means that that's in the future. So in the present, you still have a chance to adjust your attitude towards the word of God. You can become someone who who loves and receives the word of God. In John chapter 8, Jesus said this. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. There's no scripture in the Bible where the author writes to his listeners and says, hey, I've got some suggestions. I want you to think about these suggestions, and if you feel like putting them into practice at some point, don't want to push you, then you can do that. It doesn't, doesn't talk like that. The Bible talks like this. Obey God. Obey <laughs> God. And do what he says. And don't delay. You want to be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Some who are Christians, and they do love Jesus, I'm not trying to to judge them, but they, they have spiritual selective hearing. Selective hearing. Like parents know what I'm talking about. If you're a parent, you call up the stairs to your kids, hey, who wants to go get ice cream? You're gonna hear, I do, I do. And you're like little, little feet stomping upstairs, running down, right? But if you call the stairs, hey, it's time for dinner. I need someone to come help set the table. <laughs> Crickets, right? Spiritual selective hearing. And there are issues which the Bible speaks about that are not very popular in the culture today. I don't even need to name them because you already know about a lot of them, okay? And so there are a lot of Christians who say, I don't really like this. I don't really want to hear this. I'm gonna go ahead and opt out of this part. That's spiritual selective hearing. Saying, I can't hear you, right? So let me just ask you, do you love and receive the word of God? Do you despise and reject it? We want to be quick to listen, amen? Grandpa Jim says, listen first, listen fervently. Here's his next piece of advice. Speak slowly and soberly. Speak slowly and soberly. That doesn't mean to talk slow. He says, everyone should be slow to speak, slow to speak. Let me just give you one extreme example. When I get up and preach on Sundays, I talk for like 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. Some of you are like, you're a liar. It's much longer than that. Um, I'm trying to keep it low. And, and, And so you need to know, I listen and prepare about 25 times as long as I talk. So I'm reading, I'm listening to God, I'm preparing, uh, thinking about what to say, I'm being considered of what I'm going to say. I realized some time ago that if I talk less, you'll listen more, okay? So uh, in the same way, if you hear, if you hear a good sermon um, accidentally one of these days, it's a result of good listening, okay? And so you wanna be careful, you wanna think about what you're gonna, talk, what you're gonna say. Um, if you're gonna have a healthy relationships You need to learn how to be slow to speak, right? You'll you'll avoid so much heartache and trouble if you'll learn to be slow to speak, like Grandpa Jim says. I talk to people all the time. They'll say, oh, I got fired. Why? Why'd you get fired? Well, I told my boss where he could go lots of couples like right we're, we're having a really hard time well what happened well we got in a fight we started saying stuff to each other we, we wish we hadn't said we can't, it's hard to take it back and now we got to go to counseling and you say I, I wish I wouldn't have said those things um, I, I know what that's like I got in trouble a lot uh, running my mouth as a young guy like I said I was slow to listen quick to speak and quick to get angry acting like a fool up in here Right. And my dad would say to me uh, in a very loving way. My dad was very loving. He's a very loving guy. He'd say, son, know when to shut up right? Because you guys know what it's like when you just keep running your mouth. You just keep saying stuff, and it's like, now you're grounded for two weeks. Now you're grounded for three weeks. And my dad would just be like, son, know when to shut your mouth, right? And, and I, 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 I should have listened more, and eventually I kind of started to figure it out. Um, but it's funny to me because today a lot of parents, they teach their kids that shut up is a bad word, and you know, we're not going to get into parenting choices or anything. Um, same parents are dropping F-bombs in the car, but you know but that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> You know that the Bible actually uses a lot of really harsh language in order to make a point and get your attention? So the Bible actually says learning to shut up is one of the wisest things that you can do. Yeah. (laughs) Let let me show you. Let me show you. Proverbs 17, 28 says this. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Intelligent. You know, like is that one of those times where you're like, I just don't really know what's going on right now. If you just keep your mouth quiet, like people are going to look at you and think he is very wise. That guy is smart, right? You don't have to tell everyone what you think about everything. Amen. Amen. You can slow down, be slow to speak before you share critical words about other people or events which are taking place. Because you might start to speak critical words and not even know what you're talking about. And then you will look like a fool, the Bible says. So be slow to speak. Spiritually, sometimes we hear God's word, but we react. We're too quick to react. We're too quick to speak with excuses and our opinions Some Christians are quick to speak and give excuses why God's commands don't apply to them. Like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I have an out, Um, I have an excuse. I don't have to honor authority because my authority doesn't deserve my respect. Uh, I don't have to stop looking at pornography because it's normal and see, it's just healthy sexual expression. Uh, I don't need to respect my husband because he's a kind of an idiot. Uh, You can't expect me to wait till I get married to have sex. I mean, come on, people can't actually stop themselves from doing things like that. I don't need to serve in church. I don't need to tithe in church. Here's why, I've got a good excuse blah, 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 blah. Be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Slow down. Grandpa Jim, he loves you. And yet he tells us, be quick to listen, slow to speak. And if you could understand the full heart behind his words, if you could understand what he's really trying to say, Grandpa Jim is saying, shut up and listen to me. I love you. I want to help you listen to the word of God. If you want to grow as a disciple, a leader, if you want to be an effective Christian, we need to learn to listen more and talk less. Sometimes I wonder if we wouldn't hear God's voice more if we'd stop talking all the time. Did you know when you pray to God, it's actually possible to listen as well? It's like a two-way conversation type of thing. And if you'll listen more, if you'll be slow to speak, you might hear God speaking to you more. Uh, As a leader... I'll spend time with other leaders who are mentors to me, pastors who are more experienced than me and wiser than me who have wisdom that I need, and I'll travel to be with them. Um, I'll invest money sometimes to get to where they're at so I can listen to what they have to say, and and you'll find that if you were a little fly on the wall in one of those meetings that when I'm there, I don't talk a lot. I don't talk a lot, and right now, you're probably thinking like, we didn't know you ever stopped talking, but... (laughs) It's true. I say quiet. I pretty much just ask questions and I listen because I didn't come to tell that guy what I know. I came to find out what he knows. Right. I, I want to hear what he has to say. And to me as a leader, when I identify other leaders, one of the signs of someone who has a gift of leadership is they ask a lot of questions. Did you know that Like a leader asks a lot of questions? A fool goes around telling everybody what he knows. A wise person asks questions. So I just want to encourage you, seek wisdom from your parents if they're godly, from your spiritual mentors before you form an opinion, before you open your mouth. It, it, It means you can go to someone and ask them, what do you think about this? Or you can ask this, what would you do if you were in my situation? Now, it doesn't mean that you're some kind of robot and you have to do whatever they say, but, but you can get wisdom. You're still the boss of your life, right? But, but you can get wisdom from people. Be slow to speak, slow to make choices, slow to react, be quick to listen, and you'll gain wisdom. Here's the third piece of advice from Grandpa Jim. Become angry rarely and righteously. Rarely and righteously. Righteously. Some people use their ethnicity as an excuse for their tempers, which I find funny because it seems like every ethnic group apparently has an excuse to have a temper problem, like German, Irish, Latino. It's like, doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. Apparently, you can't control your anger. I know some Christians, they try to pull a fast one and they'll say, I'm angry, but it's a righteous anger. It's a right, that, that's like a little Christianese for I've got an anger problem and I want to make it sound godly. God does get angry. Do you know that? God gets angry. And the Bible actually describes him as having wrath, which is extreme anger or fury or outrage. So God gets angry. Now, if you, if you think about that, that should kind of be a little bit scary to think about God being angry. Well, what makes God angry? Okay, uh, sin makes God angry. Abuse makes God angry. Unloving Christians, uh, neglect of people who are needy, murder idolatry I mean, you name it, those things make God angry. And, and so we need to think about that, and we need to soberly consider this for just a moment. Our sin makes God angry. That's a little scary, and it should scare you. But then we need to remember, here's the good news, right, that Jesus came into this world. He lived a perfectly sinless life that we could not live. He was completely right before God and without sin, And yet he willingly went to the cross, allowed himself to be crucified and tortured. And then God poured the wrath that he had for my sins out on Jesus 2,000 years ago. So all of God's anger towards our sin, he already poured out on his son, Jesus. That's why we sing a song that says the wrath of God was satisfied because he was angry, but he got it all out on his son, Jesus. Why did he do that? Why did he pour all of his wrath out on Jesus? It's so that 2000 and some years later, he wanted to have the opportunity to pour his love out on you. So Jesus took our wrath so we could receive God's love. God did this so he could love us. So we need to know that God is angry, but he's already had his wrath satisfied through his son, Jesus. Now we receive his love as his forgiven children and we give Jesus praise for taking our place. Amen. We know that he did it because he loves us and God did it because he loves us. And so we should be very grateful as Christians that we don't have to face an angry, vengeful, wrathful God. We only know a loving, gracious father in heaven. Amen. Come on, you gotta give God praise right now. That's got to get you excited. But there's a good chance that as a human being, when you feel angry, it's probably not totally righteous anger. Okay, Most likely, what we face is what Grandpa Jim calls human anger. Human anger. In verse 19, it says everyone should be slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. That's kind of like obvious Uh, Duh, when we get angry, we do things that get us into trouble, uh, things that we're not proud of. We, We yell, we lose our temper. It's normal to get angry. It is. It's normal to get angry. We become angry when we're hurt, when we feel disrespected, when we're confronted and our pride is wounded. And listen, I'll just say this, too. You might not even yell. When you get angry, and so I know people, there's some people who think, well, I'm not an angry person because they don't yell. But you can still be an angry person and not yell demonstratively. You can be angry in your heart. Human anger, right? And So maybe you felt hurt before. Maybe you've been hurt. You feel left out. You feel like you've been overlooked. Someone made fun of you and embarrassed you. Maybe you were passed over for a promotion. Maybe someone broke up with you or or abandoned you, you feel hurt, that makes you angry. Maybe you feel disrespected. Disrespected. Someone cut you off. Uh, maybe were insulting towards you. Uh, took what was rightfully yours. Said something insensitive. That can make you angry. Being confronted can make you angry. Uh, you hear something in God's word that convicts you. That can that can make you get angry. Or a friend or a leader comes and, and confronts you and says, hey, there's this area in your life, man, I love you, but maybe, maybe this is something you need to work on. That can make you angry. That's why he goes on to say, James, in verse 21, humbly, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now listen, we're, we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus, but when Grandpa James talks about being saved, he's talking about the ongoing act of being saved from our sinful nature on a daily basis. So, so we're being saved in an ongoing way every day, From our sinful nature, right? And so so being humble and accepting the word saves us from our old sinful nature. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, when you feel hurt, when you feel disrespected, which is human anger, a lot of times it causes human anger, you just need to understand it's not necessarily a sin to feel angry. So it's possible to feel angry, but not sin, And that's why uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, don't sin by letting anger control you. It doesn't say don't sin by getting angry. It says don't sin by letting anger control you. Or it says in your anger, do not sin is another translation. So you can get angry and not sin and still be right before God. That is possible. But let me just give you a little shortcut, okay? What is even better than controlled anger? No anger. Yes, that's even better because what I've found is that it just takes too much energy to be angry, doesn't it? It's just so distracting and you get so consumed so easily and you start to miss all the good things in your life and lose focus on what really matters. And then all it takes is one more thing to pile on and now you do lose control. So it's so much better to just not even get angry. I just, I just kind of learned this the hard way over the years, right? I, I spent a lot of time getting angry, and then I realized, wait, man, I, I just don't have the energy for this getting angry stuff. I just prefer to save this energy and use it for a good purpose. And, and let me just encourage you as a Christian, there are too many Christians who are angry, And they're even angry about things that they shouldn't be, like spiritual matters or differences in doctrine that don't really matter. And they're against this and they're against that. And they're really sometimes unloving in how they act. And I want to encourage you, maybe if we'd be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry, as Christians, we'd be more effective at reaching the world for Jesus. Huh? Maybe we would. Maybe as Christians, we wanna be known for what we're for instead of what we're against, right? You know, we don't wanna be the people going around with picket signs what we're against all the time. We're against that, and we're against that. We wanna tell people what we're for. We're for people. We're for Jesus, and we're for obeying the word of God. That's what we're for. And we're still gonna hold up the truth, and we're still gonna hold tightly to what God says, but we're for the world. We're for the people whom Jesus loves. We're for one another, we don't need to live our lives angry, spouting off about what we're against. And I'm coming towards the close of this message, verse 23 says this. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So when I first read this, I kind of glanced over it and didn't really think enough about it, honestly. And I just kind of thought of like, it's an illustration, maybe just like, you know, you heard something and you forgot it. If you you listen to the word and you don't do it, it's kind of like you heard something and you forgot. But then I remember, okay, wait, nothing is in the word of God by accident. Every word is intentional and specific. So here's Grandpa James teaching us about being slow to become angry. And then he throws this illustration in about seeing your face in a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what you look like. And it made me think that anger must be the result of identity amnesia. You look at the mirror, you see what you look like, then you walk away and you forget. Anger is the result of identity amnesia. Forgetting who you are. Who you are. Jesus told a parable about an unforgiving debtor. He owed a great debt equivalent of millions of dollars and the king called his debts due and this man couldn't pay the debt and so he was going to be thrown into labor camp with his family to pay the debt off and yet he begged and he pleaded and so the king forgave this massive insane debt. That man just being forgiven goes out, finds someone that owes him some chump change, grabs the dude by the throat and demands payment. Then he says this guy can't pay, throw him in labor camp. Well, people go, they tell the king about what this guy just did, and the king was furious. He said, bring that man here. I forgave you a great debt. How could you not forgive others the small amount that they owed against you? Take this guy, put him into labor camp as originally planned. And then Jesus said, that's what God will do if you don't forgive one another. In other words, how can we go around angry at people who've hurt and disrespected us when God has forgiven us for so much. Who do you think you are, is the point of this parable. How can you forget who you are and what God has done for you? You're only a child of God because God has forgiven you. And what I wanna remind you is that forgiven people are forgiving people. If you'll remember that you have been forgiven, it will make it so much easier for you to be forgiving towards other people. Like recently, I got an email from a person in the church who shared with me some of her criticisms of my leadership and then went on to attack me and my character. Okay, and it happens. I'm not looking for sympathy. But I would have gotten mad, you know, not long ago. I'm embarrassed to say. I would have gotten really frustrated. But then, thankfully, by God's grace, I was reminded, wait, Ryan, there was a time when you were a young guy spouting your mouth off about things that you didn't understand, and you were forgiven by God. You were forgiven by your parents, You were forgiven by your pastors, so slow your roll, son. And so I'm thankful for that reminder, right? God was saying, remember who you are. You've been forgiven. And that's such good encouragement for us. How can I be angry towards someone else for hurting me when I know I've hurt other people? How can I be angry when someone else disrespects me? Because I know I've disrespected people, right? I can't get angry when someone comes and corrects me lovingly because I've corrected other people. Right, So I want to remember who I am. I don't want to have identity amnesia. Let's be merciful since God has been merciful to us. Amen? Amen. Here's what it says in verse 25. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. In other words, once you hear the word, once you come to know Jesus, if you'll continue on in the word of God, obeying Jesus's commands, not forgetting what you've heard, but carrying it out in your life. You'll be blessed in what you do. How many of you say, that sounds good. I wanna be blessed in what I do. I wanna be blessed in my life. Okay, well, let me just give you some questions to take away from this. Have you been wrestling with some of the truth that's in God's word, whatever it is? Maybe it's the truth of today being, being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Have you been wrestling with that? Or maybe it's some other truth Or teaching that you've heard? Have you been wrestling to accept it? Remember that James said, do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. If you obey the word of God, if you'll listen to it and receive it, you'll grow to be more like Jesus and you'll be blessed. Here's a question specifically on what we talked about today. Do you need to become a better listener? Do you need to become a better listener? Remember James said, be quick to listen. That We need to listen twice as much as we speak. If you need to become a better listener, God will bless your relationships. If you'll grow in this area, people will like you. You'll get positions of greater opportunity and responsibility because others will view you as being wise. Okay, here's another question. Do you need to get control of your mouth? Some people know who I'm talking. Okay, you know who I'm talking to. Do you need God's help? to get control of your mouth. Remember, James said be slow to speak. Maybe you say, "Okay, yeah, I have an issue with this. I run my mouth too much. <laughs> I share my critical opinions too freely. Uh, I have a quarrelsome and argumentative nature, and I need God's help in this area." Okay. If you need help and God if you need help in this area, God will help you. Here's a, a last question. Do you have an anger problem? Do you have an anger problem? Remember, James said be slow to become angry. When you feel anger rising up in you, you can be quiet, you can stay silent, you can listen to God's voice and hear him reminding you, hey, I've forgiven you, and so I want you to be a forgiving person towards others. God will help you get control of your temper. And, and we want to remember that we have been forgiven of so much. So so we don't want to be angry people, right? We want to be slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So let's bow our heads and pray. If you're one of those people that say, I need help in one of these areas, I just want to pray for you. And you can pray with me. and Just talk to God yourself and ask him for help. Lord, you know all the people in this room who are struggling in one of these areas. You know those of us who say we need to grow. We've we've been wrestling with some of these things we need to become a better listener we need to become slower to speak we need help with our anger god we want to listen to the word receive it and do what it says so lord i pray that you just open up every heart that you'll water the soil of our spirits god and help us to grow in these areas so that we'll produce good fruit with our lives in jesus name and let's just keep our heads bowed for a minute if you're here and you'd say I need to have my sins forgiven by God, that I've never given my life to God. I, I want to be forgiven. I want to become a Christian. I want to, uh, to allow Jesus to take my place like, like he wanted. I, I want to receive God's love instead. And so you've heard us talking about that. If you say, that's me, I want to I wanna be saved. I want to receive God's forgiveness. Then I'm just going to lead you in a prayer prayer right now, just between you and God, just pray this with me and say, God, I know that I've sinned against you and I need your forgiveness, but I thank you for sending your son Jesus to take my place on the cross thank you for punishing him so that I could receive your love, your peace, and your favor. So God, I thank you for that. And I believe that Jesus died in my place and rose again so that I could have eternal life. God, thank you for being patient with me and teaching me the truth. Now, Lord, help me to follow Jesus with my life and honor you with everything that I do. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. I'm so glad to have you here today. I pray that this topic will continue to bless you and challenge you throughout the week. And I know that God is gonna grow our church through the truth in his word. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen.